0: Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. i like to welcome you all this morning to the Creating a Prayer Culture for God this morning. Uh, amen. Uh, we just give God praise, glory on honor for this new day that the Lord has made. This is Thursday, October the 21st, 2021. And uh, this is Pastor's Leslie and Sharon Hayes here. Amen. This morning to uh, greet all of you this morning in the awesome, incredible, amazing, name of our lord and savior jesus christ and just to share with you this morning some revelations we've been talking out of the book of first john chapter two amen uh around verses 15 through 17 and and uh just kind of milking those verses so much revelation uh there uh that we don't really want to miss a stone being turned over and discovering treasures uh, in those stones, under those stones. Amen. Just to use that as a, as a metaphor to bring clarity to what I, what it is that I, I wanted to say. Amen. But we give God praise, amen, for his word. The last time we were on, on Monday morning, uh, we talked about, um, amen. These tests that we're taking there's really seven of them that we've been dealing with. And, uh, that helps us, uh, you know, not to, you know, love the world. God said, be in the world, but, uh, love not the world or the things of the world. Uh, no, this is not your home. This is just a temporary, uh, transition, uh, point that we're, we're at in our lives. We're on a journey and we're going home. We're on our way home. And that is to be with the Lord forever. But we got to deal with some things in this world as we travel on this journey. Amen. And, they're going to be trials and tribulations you know there're going to be temptations there're going to be things that are going to try to subdue us and entice us and snare us trap us you know and destroy us kill us you know annihilate us you know shut us down from society if it can and this is why it's so dangerous because all of these things appeal to the sensuality of mankind you know our feelings our emotions our eyes you know how we feel about things these are These are the trappings of the enemy. These are the weapons that he used against us, our very own sensuality, our very own sexuality, our very own emotional instability. Sometimes he will attack us in those areas because that's where we're most vulnerable. And those are all things associated with the world. And the world gives us all kinds of strategies how to deal with those things because but those weapons are temporary you know they may give you a little break for a minute but then tomorrow you got to deal with it all over again because every day brings some new challenges and so we want and need permanent solutions we don't want to be just you know dealing with the temporary stuff that don't last we don't want to lay up stuff in 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 our treasure in heaven that can be broken in by thieves and stolen by thieves and robbers and eaten up by moth and rust but we want to lay up some permanent stuff for us amen in our heavenly treasure, that that can endure, that can last, so that in the end, when we stand before the Father, that we are taking them good works with us. And He told us even now in the world we live in to go forth and be of good works, you know, and and fear God and keep His commandments and do what the Lord told us to do. This is how we're going to get through this world. This is this is how we're going to get through the struggles and the troubles, you know. It's it's pressing toward the mark of the of God, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting those things that are behind us, old things passed away, behold, all things have become new. And we are to walk in the newness of life, allowing God to order our steps through his word, bringing our thoughts in agreement with his will, renewing our minds in the things of God. And this is why this word is so important. It reveals God's plan to us, you know, to get us through this life, through this world. And it starts by not loving the world or the things of the world. And so we were dealing with verse 16, and we'll pick up and continue there uh, talking about not loving the the, the world. This is uh, test number four here, uh, and uh, we're just about there with these tests. We've gone over three of them so far. Now we're finishing up with the fourth test because there's so many misconceptions out there from mankind. You know, there was the main three we talked about, you know, these misconceptions. You know, and you know, people think sometimes God is just too good, you know, to do this or do that, you know, and 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 people think that you know, doing a lot of good works a lot of times is it, you know, and and uh, like we were talking about earlier about the divine restraint. Sometimes we have to restrain ourselves from situations because they're hostile people, hostile situation. They don't know that they're being hostile. They just think it's their their right to do that, to oppose you, to resist you, to argue with you. You know that you know you provoke men and blah blah blah, and they can just say whatever they want to say, curse you out, you know, just just say a whole lot of things. But uh, that's the way of the world. That we think we have a freedom to do that, <clears throat> slander you, you know, backbite, gossip, talk about you, drag you through the mud, all that stuff. People people take these rights upon themselves, and we have the same rights, but we also answer to a higher calling. Amen. And uh, so verse 16, it talks about, for all that is in the world, and it describes what is in the world, the main, the main um, arbitrary things that we have to be concerned about, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not, I underscore that, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And so there's there, but those those times, those cravings show up in the flesh. I, I'm telling you, hey, my flesh, man, was 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 craving for a knockout the other morning. You know, but I didn't go there, even though I felt like it, because the lust of my eyes. What I was seeing was I was under attack by someone I didn't know. But thank God I did not go. Thank God my eyes are saved. You know, uh, I didn't go there. It it it, it 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 wasn't what it appeared to be. You know, but temporarily I thought it was. Uh, Then there's the uh, the pride of life. You know, I'm a very proud person about who I am. You know, and my accomplishments and achievements in life. But sometimes that can get me in trouble. You know, and so I have to be mindful (coughs) of how God hates pride. Now there's good pride and there's bad pride, and uh, the enemy we know want to use our good pride to turn into bad pride and have us to act out in the flesh. You know, and then sometimes uh, you know people get caught up in boasting about what they did you know, what they had, you know, what they're going to have and all of that. But my bow should be always in the Lord, you know, not in our individual selves or strength or power, but in God, because even in my my strength, I'm still weak. I can only be strong if God make me strong. And if you're not spiritually strong, it doesn't matter how big your physical muscles are, but it's them spiritual muscles that bring down giants, you know, and, and cause walls to fall. And so the individual is not, of god you know what i'm saying so as individuals you know things that happen out there right away as an individual you have to recognize when it's not of god but it's of the world and not go down that path and we talked about sometimes there's things that need to be delayed like relate re- de- delayed reaction to things sometimes you know is is one of those tests that we take we have to know that sometimes when God delay, show, delay himself showing up in situations doesn't mean that he's denied us. We just have to wait on the Lord to renew our strength. And uh, that's kind of what happened. It was an after-fact thing for me. I mean, I walked outside, and a whole bunch of revelations are coming to me about what I had just encountered. I couldn't dismiss it. You know, it, it happened. And I started thinking about what kind of character did I display in there dealing with that gentleman. And what I heard was, and this is a scripture, and that's when I knew it was God, that you got angry, but you didn't sin. You didn't cross the line. You didn't go too far. You didn't carry out and act out what you felt like doing in the flesh. So in, in the eyes of God, what you, the, 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 the response that you displayed is supported by what's documented. So that's the key right there. And so I wanted to know then, well, what was it that was helping? He said, it was divine restraint, son. You know, I didn't allow you to go there. So I give God praise for that. So we're gonna have these these opportunities to display our character in the marketplace. Uh we're gonna have a opportunity sometime to show this outward resistance and restraint sometimes. Uh we have to show that light. We have to let it shine. And for for a lot of people, they probably don't understand that because why? Wow, I was this man was touching me, I was yelling at him to get his hands off of me. Uh, but, you know, God knew. God knew where I was coming from, and that's the key right there, especially when you're dealing with a society, man, where you have different classes of people. You have a very diverse uh, uh, human race out there right now, people from all over the place. They speak with different languages. They come from different continents and and. and, and nations and places and so you know some of them are rich some of them are poor some of them are in between some of them are like us you know struggling trying to make you just don't know you have a conglomerate of people out there amen but i wouldn't treat a rich person no different than i treated a poor person i wouldn't treat an Amer a full blood american any different i treat an immigrant it doesn't matter you know when people invade your space sometimes you have a right to react you just don't have a right to as a christian man to operate in the flesh even though the temptation is there. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from. So we went over some scriptures and we talked about a lot of time when these things surface, they're coming from a desire somewhere deep down inside that maybe you didn't know was still there. We call that an evil desire because <clears throat> there is always that temptation or opportunity in the flesh to do evil instead of doing good. I didn't say you do it, because the Bible says now in the Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask of him. A, Think of him according to the power of God that worketh in us. And now you got human nature and you got God's spirit. So human nature always deals with feelings, emotions, you know, those anxieties. That's the evil part of us that God came to seek and to save. That's the soulish realm. And if it's saved, that doesn't mean that it's perfected yet. But you have to keep sanctifying it with the word of God. You have to keep converting it with the word of God. Uh, it, it, it's always going to be there because Paul said in the book of Acts 7 chapter, he says, I know the things that I should do, I don't do because there is that entanglement. There is that war going on inside of us all the time because you got the human spirit and you got God's spirit. And then you got the throne right there in the middle of your heart. And it just depends on that day who's going to sit on the throne of your heart, the center of your life and we have to invite Christ. I mean, he's there, but we have to wake him up and get him moving, which is what we do every morning at 6 a.m. Amen. Acknowledging him. Why? Because I'm going to have to go out here in this world today, man. I'm carrying my human spirit and I'm carrying the spirit of God in me. And the Bible says in the book, you know, the the, the book of, uh, I want to say 1 John chapter 4 verse 4, the King James Bible Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, so I'm carrying my helper with me while he's inside of me, he's in my heart, amen, and guess what My human nature is there too, so I have to be mindful when these anxieties and these emotions and these feelings flare up that hey, okay, I'm not going to do what Paul did. I'm glad Paul said that, so I can be aware of my feelings of my emotions and not let them have their way and get out of control because. We're on display. Our light is shining. You know, people are looking at us, happen to be sometimes they don't all know us, you know. But later on, when they find out I'm a Christian, did I act like a Christian? Did I conduct myself like a Christian or did I just conduct myself like a hu- angry human being and went upside somebody's head? You know, and so if the, if the before action don't get you, doing the action will get you or after action will get you. So it's, it's it's pretty much you know a learning and growing experience for us, and we have to remember where we have grown and how we have matured. And it doesn't mean that we've already arrived. We have to continue to desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. Why? Because those evil desires will come back. You have to remember the weapons of the enemy. He can't use anything that he's not aware of, <clears throat> and this is why sometimes you have to contain and restrain yourself because he can he can only locate you based on what you say, what you do you know, how you look. He cannot read your mind. He don't know what's in your heart. And this is why we sometimes just have to keep our minds stayed on the Lord and be kept in perfect peace. Sometimes we have to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Sometimes you have to be angry and let people know you're angry, but you don't have to sin. So all these are things that are documented in the scripture. But they but that evil desire sometimes when it, it when it gets, you know, out of control, you know, and people lose it, like Pastor Phoebe said the lady, hit the hit the shield she she got angry prayerfully none of us will go to that level of anger and anxiety, amen, as we're dealing with our human our humanism you know we we're humans okay, and we feel you know we hurt, we ate, we mourn we 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 get stressed sometimes that's just who we are, amen in the flesh, and we can't deny that even though some people try to deny it because they're so super religious and they are man I'm nothing. i i i I'm training myself and a lot of you know this about me, is that you can't kill a dead man. I I keep affirming that to myself. It's a reason why I do that. When people say, how you doing? If it getting any better, I think I died and went to heaven. You know, I like that. You know, you don't like it as much as I do. You know, so I use those things as affirmations for me to try to help me because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I know it's going to bring something that I ain't seen today. You know, I didn't know that that day, man, I was going to get that some food and whatnot. I was going to count that person. We just don't know. So for us to sometimes think that we already got it all figured out, you know, that you're deceiving yourself and that's the worst kind of deceit, but we have to prepare for every day. Like it's a brand new day that the Lord has made rejoice and be glad in it and be ready for whatever comes your way. You know, we can, we can deal with it as long as we don't let it make us so angry that we cross the line and sin now the ministry get evilly spoken of people start doubting that you who you say you are and we want people to know that our feelings are real too our hurts are real too our pains are real too you know our anger is real too you know and sin is standing at that door to conceive us satan is right there ready to deceive us you know ready to devour us you know and so we have to restrain ourselves or let god restrain us from letting that happen and know that he's on our side and he's working Things out together for our good, and he's not going to put any more on us than than he know we're able to bear. And with that, he'll make a way for us to escape that we can bear it. So I said all that to say that beware of those evil desires, you know, that are waiting to just pounce on us. And we went over some scriptures uh, the other day, Monday, to talk about that. But we're going to kind of move move forward this morning and talk about. Matter of fact, I don't think we got all of those scriptures, but we'll pick up here in the. Uh, you know, in the, uh, book of, uh, let me just start right here. <clears throat> book of uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, the King James Bible. I think we kind of ended around here somewhere, but it says, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's in the book of Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, the King James Bible. So watching and praying is the key right there. Uh, I, I really wasn't really quick to think like that the other morning, the other day when I had these encounters, I was somewhere else, man. But I had already gotten off the line from praying with you all that morning. So I was pretty much prepared, even though that's not the first thought that came to my mind. It should have been, but it didn't. You know, it was was like, hey, you know, why is this happening? And then in the book of uh, John 3, verse 6, King James Bible, the book of John, chapter 3, verse 6, the King James Bible, you know, it says that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So we're born both of the flesh and of the spirit. We have to be mindful of that. <clears throat> we were born of the of the flesh when the water broke and we came forward. But we've also been born from above of the spirit. And so we have to be led by the spirit, you know, and not by our power and our strength and our might. You know, we do have a lot of power to resist people sometimes or even deal with people in the, in the marketplace. But also we have the spirit of God in us. And so we have to learn to be led by him is all I'm saying. Uh, over in the book of Romans, chapter seven, verse eight, and verse twenty-five, the King James Bible says this: For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, we talked about this about Paul, dwelleth no good thing, for for to will is present with me. Yes, it is all the time. But but how to perform that which is good, I find not. And this is Paul talking about himself. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. Yes, I know in my mind I'm supposed to do this, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Paul is recognizing that human nature. He know his mind has been renewed to the things of God. He know the mind of Christ is in his mind right now. He know his thoughts are on the Lord. His mind is on the Lord. But Paul is saying, but I still got to acknowledge, man, that, that law of sin in my, in my nature, in my human spirit. You know, we can't, that's, that's, that's every individual human on this earth. You're never going to be separated from your human spirit, but you have to learn how to conquer the law of sin that works in all of us, trying to get us to the, the, the destroy us, trying to kill us. It's all there. It's, it's right there. And Paul recognizes this, you know, he says, "For I know that, that, that is in my flesh, you know, dwelleth no good thing. Uh, very powerful verses of scripture there in the Romans, the book of Romans chapter 7, verse 8 and verse 25 of the King James Bible. And also in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 8 of the King James Bible, it says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Amen. And so when you're in the flesh, amen, as long as you do not let the flesh drive you to commit sin, amen, you're still in right standing with God. Temptation is not a sin. Is when you give in, makes it a sin. And once that sin is conceived, it brings death. Amen. Spiritual death, sometimes physical death. So we just have to be mindful of that. Verse 13 of the book of Romans, the eighth chapter says this is the King James Bible. For if ye live after the flesh, ye, are, you, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. And so it is very clear right there. We have to live who we are. We are born again believers, spirit filled, and we have to strive, aim to please God in these things of the spirit, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost that we might be accepted of God and approved of men. You know, and so there is it's very clear. There. And that's in the book of Romans chapter 14 verse 16, 17, 18. It tells you that the kingdom of God is not in material things, it's not in wealth and riches and all that, but it's in the things of the spirit, <coughs> righteousness, peace, and joy. list three of them, but there's actually nine fruit of the spirit that is that that is there, but you get the intent here he's trying to say that we aim and please God in these things in the spiritual realm, these fruit of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit, you know the the, the spiritual discernment of the word then we are accepted of God and approved of men, you know, is what he's telling us there. And so now we will not fulfill the deeds of the flesh, the works of the flesh, but we can mortify all those deeds of the body, you know, so that we might live now a spiritual life, a life pleasing before God is what he's saying there. Why we in this world that's imperfect, you know, and there's the lust of the eye, pride of life and the lust of the flesh, always trying to entice us, trap us, destroy us, kill us, amen. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50, of the King James Bible it says this, that I may continue down this path of reasoning here. It says, now this I say, this is another letter Paul writes to the Corinthian church, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither do corruption inherit incorruption. And so it's very, the warning is so stern right there to this church. Obviously they may have had some of these challenges in the church too. So it's a part of the body of Christ. It's a part of who we are, but we have to be prepared for these things because they are real. You know, they're right there. They was in that church in Corinth. It's going to be in the churches today, tomorrow, as long as man is on earth. You're going to, we're going to face these temptations. We're going to face these trials. We're going to face these attacks. We're going to face these challenges. They're not going to go away until we see Jesus. And he's going to come. And once he comes, all those assignments that was trying to take us out will be over. They'll be canceled because we'll be out of this body into a different body waiting to stand before Jesus in a different body to find out what our eternal fate is going to be. And so we just got to work out our salvation right now with fear and trembling and do it to the end so we can be saved. So that when we stand before him for the judgment, we're ready. We're ready. We're not afraid because we've done that he called us to do and in the book of galatians chapter 5 verse 17 the king James bible says this for the flesh lusters against the spirit and the spirit against the, the flesh there it is right there that's the whole that's the whole battle right there is they're lusting against each other and we have to understand that so when we get these attacks they may be coming from external sources from outside but the war is going on inside us a lot of time we look at what the people are doing to us and we use that as an excuse for what we do. But we got to be able to control this battle that's going on inside, you know, and we can't control what we don't know. We got to understand the war that's going on inside. And this is what Paul is trying to help the church to see why, because he fought this battle all the time within himself. So I understand that. I encountered that the other day, two times I encountered that. <laughs> and afterwards, when I look back, man, I was thinking to myself, boy, I could have made a huge mistake there. But I understand more now about the battle that goes on inside, you know, you could be saved a hundred years, that battle ain't going nowhere, you know, you can be saved five years, that battle ain't going nowhere, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved, that is going to be a battle that's going to go on all of our earthly life. It says, you know, lusting against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other. They cannot walk together with each other except they agree. I know a lot of times we say light and darkness can't walk. We're only thinking externally. We're not thinking internally. There's light and darkness going on in me because my human nature is in darkness. Flesh is darkness. But my the spirit of God in me is light. You know, So it's up to me to let what light shine that day. I can let my flesh shine or I can let his light shine. You know, it's pretty much our choice. Amen. They're contrary one to another so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. I mean, let's face it. The scripture is the truth. Not what I say or what I think I'm doing. Sometimes people pat themselves the back and think they're doing such a wonderful job. You know, don't go there because the enemy looks for that. He looks for that. He wants you to be confident in your own strength and in your own might. You know, he don't want you to be aware that the Spirit of God is 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 always working even though I don't see him. He's the providing divine restraint. He's providing barriers. He's providing protection. He's right there, man, to fight for us. He's right there to go before us to open the door for us to see us certain And a lot of time we we, we say, man, that was lucky, man. That was close. No, that was God who's right alongside of us, the us to help us, you know, not to embarrass ourselves or to hurt ourselves or put ourselves unnecessarily in harm's way. And he goes on here in the book of uh, uh Galatians chapter 6 verse 8 and he says this, he says, for he that soweth to, the, to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And I think about this in the context if I would have hit that man and he fought back did he have a knife? Did he have a gun? Uh, would I be in eternity right now? I started processing all of that. The young man over there, man at the uh, at the tax place a week ago, when he stood up and looked at me and said, "You don't know what you're doing," and I said, "Man, if that had been in a different situation, a young man versus a you know a, a older man, and this young man probably was no more than 20 years old," and I think about sometimes how I see videos sometimes how young people in little gangs that flex their little muscles that show out, walk along the street sometime in some of the major, major metropolitan cities or on some of the subways and how they kick older people, hit them upside the head and laugh about it. You know, do all kind of things. Amen. And, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I started thinking, man, I'm I, that could have turned really chaotic if it had been in a different, different situation. You know. And so we're so fortunate. We're blessed. Amen. But You know, we shall of the spirit reap life everlasting, but we have to learn how to restrain ourselves and we don't restrain ourselves. We're limited. That's when the Lord comes in and provides divine restraint. And I'm learning and recognizing and maturing that knowing now that God really does not leave us. He's always with us. He doesn't forsake us. He's with us to the end of the age. And I'm reminded as I make affirmations sometimes, as you were with Moses, so are you with us. As you were with Joshua, so are you with us. All of the prophets before us, so are you with us? As he is today, so are we in this world, according to the book of First John, chapter four, verse seventeen. So we have to put some of his character on display. Remember, display actions—you know, outward actions. Talks about inner, personal actions. So if you got your heart right inside, your actions outside would be, you know, would be uh, apropos to say that. You know, it's not always what you say, but it's what you more what you do. And so he goes on to say in the book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 33 of the King James Bible, it says, For we are the circumcision, nobody else, we are God's people called by his name. We are the circumcision, which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Jesus Christ and have no confidence in the flesh, in the flesh, you know and i was just yesterday man when i was going to my va appointment yesterday morning after i got off the line and i was listening to some of my worship music and uh there was a couple of uh videos that that popped up and i was looking at them on my phone and uh, and these this, this 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 was a new young group and i won't call no name but they were they were apparently supposed to have been worshipping and i may i may have been wrong to prejudge but i looked at them these young people, and they had instruments. They were really going forward. It was very live and animated. But I noticed one of the lead singers, uh, you know, big breast, busty girl, beautiful voice, but all of her cleavage was out. It was like open right there. The little thing was so tight. You could actually see, almost see, man, up her dress and whatnot, but they were worshiping. And I was saying, what happened is this, you and you will you will lose people in your worship service because they'll be looking at that instead of listening to what you're saying. You know, wondering all kinds of things. The mind is kind of tricky like that. But this is what people are doing today to be heard, to get their get their their gift out there. You know, you know, and it entices and it subduces certain mindsets that come to hear you or watch your videos, and they're watching for the wrong reason. And right in the middle of that, I just heard the Lord say. They call that worship. I don't call that worship. He said, because, you know, that's not worship. He said, because worship is about dying first to those things, those, those things of the world, those lust of the eye, pride of life, lust of the flesh. He says, because they haven't died yet, they can't worship me. You know, he said, because they're not worshiping me in spirit and in truth. He said, because they, they're worshiping me in the flesh. They're animated in the flesh. They're singing in the flesh. They're dancing in the flesh. Their choreographed stuff is in the flesh. That's not worship. He said, worship is a, is a death. you got to die to worship God. He said, He said when you look back in history, uh, the biblical history, anytime there was worship, it was when there was a sacrifice that was ordered, tied to the altar and the incense went up. And now they began to worship God because they bowed at the altar and worship him that they was hoping that that burnt that burnt choice piece of meat would be enough. The Roman went would be enough for God to give them another year, you know, a blessing. He says, so. it was a place of death. And now they responded, you know. And he says, and if that priest didn't come back out of there, man, then they were in trouble. But when he came back out, they knew that God had accepted that sacrifice. He said, well, now we the living sacrifice. He said, that look like a sacrifice up there on that stage performing, calling that worship? And I said, no, Lord, it does not look like a bunch of flesh up there to me. Cause that's all you could see. And she wasn't the only one. Some of the other complimentary people on there, same thing, dressed in mini skirts, man, you know, and the little, and the way they were moving. It was very choreographed. It wasn't real. Just a flow of, of coming out of a place of worship. You know, it was what they had choreographed. They were in sync. They were moving together. But it was so much worldly choreography there, man, until I was like, whew, man, that ain't worship. And Lord said, yeah, I agree, you know. And so, and I'm not trying to knock nobody down, but I'm just kind of making a point here about we in the world love not the things of the world, you know. that That's what that's what people are doing right now. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. But they're changing the landscape. They're changing what the bible calls worship and praise you know and so an adoration you know animation is not adoration and so he goes on in the book of uh you know here in the book of uh, philippians chapter 3 verse 3 of the king James bible he says for we are the circumcision all that stuff both have been cut away we which worship god in spirit number one in truth and uh he's looking for such to do that in the book of john chapter 4 verse 4 the king James bible says that And rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. I saw a lot of confidence in the flesh up there on that stage, amen. They were shaking the booty booty groove thing, man, and calling it worship. Uh, In the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, the King James Bible, again, we brings it right back here to us here. It says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And I saw it, it was of the world. It wasn't of God, you know. No, no flesh had died up on that stage. So there was no spirit up there worshiping God. There was flesh, you know. And so it goes on here now and talks about, uh, in, in, this, in these warnings, it talks about vision. Because we know that the Bible says in the book, I want to say the book of Proverbs, chapter 29, verse 18 or 19, the King James Bible, it talks about we also perish for a lack of vision. Now obviously, those people hadn't looked in the mirror to see really how ridiculous they looked with all that cleavage and all that you know you know flesh waving in the air and calling it worship, because they have no vision of God and how he sits on the throne and how he inhabits the praises, how he wants to enter into your sanctuary or your place of worship so he can get the glory, He can get the honor, you know he takes the honor. But if he never comes in because so much flesh was there and they, he can't dwell in that place. You know, he wants to come and dwell. He wants you to create him a sanctuary, not a platform for you to sell your your worship, your whatever you're selling or whatever you're trying to do or entertain people. No, 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 no. Worship is unto God the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. We worship them. They inhabit the praise of their people, you know. And so, so much now is being done to sing two people and four people until we are not worshiping him, you know, it's not going up as a sweet odor of incense, a sweet sound in his ear, you know, and so he says it right here, the vision is what's messed up, and therefore people are perishing, they don't see God sitting on the throne, because he's not physical, they see you sitting out in the audience clapping, and and, oh man, they, they, you know, dancing and carrying on to the beat and all that, but the worship is unto God sitting on the throne, you know the lamb of god who was slain that's the, that's that's the worship right that goes to him audience of one you know not to the crowd not to the people you know because they have no vision and and the vision that they have is based on Earthly stuff, what earth says, what they say in the earth. This is praise and worship. Oh man, they rocked that thing, man. Oh man, I'm telling you, man, they were, man, they were throwing down. They had all the instruments. Man, they were, oh my God, did you see them dance stuff they were doing, man? They were all in such, they was in sync with each other. Man, it was awesome. You know, but see, that's the earthly vision, you know. And what they don't get is this behind the scene, it is a source of temptation. It's to tempt you away from real worship to that as worship. And the next time they show up in town where you had a crowd of 50,000 now, it's going to be a crowd of 100,000 because of the temptation. Man, they're coming back. When they're coming back, where they're going to be next? You know, not where God is going to be, where they're going to be. You know, and see, it's that source of temptation that that vision, it affects your vision. Lust of the eyes, it, it impacts you. And now you're drawn to the wrong thing. For the wrong reason, and you get the wrong outcome. You know, it goes away from what God has planned for us, and they call it worship. They call it praise. They call it a con- man. It's it, you know, it's it's the way of the world. They use that. The devil has always used nice music, nice sounding music beats, you know, to 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 tempt people away from real true worship. Okay, that's the worldly way. In the book of Matthew, now we're talking about vision here, earthly vision as a source of temptation, the lust of the eye, that to Satan is a source of temptation. That's why we have to uh, make sure. The Bible says if our eyes offend us, pluck it out. If our hand offend us, cut it off. We're not going to get that drastic. But you ought to keep the thought in the back of your mind. Sometimes when you start lusting after someone with your eyes, you've already committed a sin in your heart, according to the Bible. I think Pastor Eric went over that scripture the other day. So let's go here, man, and kind of look at it in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 8 of the King James Bible. Now, we're talking about an earthly vision, things in the earth that we see them, we recognize them, and how it can be a source of temptation to get us to do, you know, the, the unthinkable. And it says, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world <coughs> and the glory of them. And this is what happens in the world. You know, you see people, young people especially, uh, they see a lot of the artists, a lot of the rappers, a lot of these people going to Hollywood, making all this money, you know. And they begin to see these people living a higher life, so they think all these temporary, everything that shines and glitters ain't gold. And they see this, and they begin to want this. And they say, well, okay, we we got the pattern, what we do, even though we call it worship, after what they're doing, Because it's appealing to the eye. And so we not only have to sound good, but we got to look good too. And what they define as looking good is based on worldly standards because they're looking at their predecessors. And they're saying it got them, they'll say it just like this, it got them blessed. They got mentions and they got Rolls Royces and they got this and they got that. They got gold bling bling, you know. And so I'm going to look like them when I come out on stage. And people start throwing money all over the place because this is the way the world is now. Everything is about throwing dollar bills. And some, some folks go to those concerts, man, and a handful of $101 bills, throwing them all over the place, getting you to become more exotic because you're up there performing. And you see that money coming in, and you got teams of people down there gathering up the money, them dollars in baskets and whatnot, and you'll count it up later and break it down later. Who's going to get what? This is the way the world is operating now, and they call it worship. They call it worship. And I'm not knocking nobody. You can go video this stuff and see it for yourself. And a lot of you probably have, you know what I'm talking about. But look at what he says right here, man. It says again, the devil taketh him. Talk about Jesus. Now he had the nerve and the audacity to take Jesus up to a higher place and try to give him a different view of things. See, some people don't like the way uh we church folks, they call us old. Y'all old school, you know, y'all, y'all. You know, y'all too untemporary. We 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 like temporary stuff. You know, I mean, con- contemporary music. That's what we like. You know, we don't like all that old. You know, that old stuff. You know, hey, long as we singing about Jesus and He getting the glory and He getting lifted up, He said I'll be lifted up. I draw all men. You know, you know, you know. And so long as it coming out of a pure heart, worshiping Him in spirit and in truth, I don't care what it sounds like. He said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye land. You know. And so you don't want to pattern nothing after the world and expect God to accept it as worship. No, no. That, and see, the, the enemy took Jesus, tried to tempt him, tried to give him a different view of things from a worldly perspective. You know, and Jesus wasn't interested in that. Jesus said, you don't understand, man, my dad owns all of that anyway. I I have access. To, I'm the next heir to inherit that anyway. The earth is God. The fullness thereof, and they that dwell, they're in. You don't have to take me up to no high place and tempt me. I know who I am. I'm living who I am. We have to live who we are, children of God. And, and, and we, in, we are inheritors of our inheritance, you know. And God is our praise, you know. And so there it is right there, you know. And he says, and, you know, and, and, and so he tried to tempt him. Again, for all that is in this world, the lust of that flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And Jesus knew this when Satan took him up. But he had to resist him. And so then what happens next is we move to close. guys, just a couple more verses here. Pride comes in. The, vi- the vision gets get tainted. You know, starts with the evil desires getting stirred up. Then the vision gets distorted. Now you got to worry about pride. Remember now, lust of of life and pride of life. So next pride comes in and God hates pride. So let's kind of see what he says right here about this warning about pride, conceit, self-love, heartiness and arrogance. All these are associated with pride that comes in next. And it says in the book of Matthew, chapter seven, verse 22 of the King James Bible, it says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord have we not prophesied in thy name and in the name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works now notice it didn't say good works wonderful works remember now there is that spirit of 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 of, of, uh, that wonderful spirit is out there everything seems wonderful to the eye to the flesh feel good so that makes it wonderful but notice what he said, it didn't, it didn't say good. So we know it's not of God, it's of the world. Because God said good works. After you say it, go forth and do good works, move on unto good works, you know, fearing God, keeping his commandments. So there is a, there is a difference there, you know. So that, that's what pride does. You know, God sends a warning about it. He says it's loaded with conceit, self-love, haughtiness, and arrogance. Many will say this, you know, like they done did something. Like God don't know what we did while we were here along the journey like he can't see he sees everything god is all knowing all present okay all powerful all, all benevolent all loving he know everything Nothing get by god but some people gonna plan how they're gonna stand and tell him all these things like he's ignorant and don't know the track record <laughs> it's written down in the book y'all and we need to pray and hope our name get written in the lamb's book of life and that we carry some good works with us when we leave not wonderful works but good works God is not interested in our wonderful works. He's interested in our good works, that we go on to good works. Amen. And the last verse for this morning is going to come out of the book of 1 John. Again, as a reminder, chapter 2, verse 16 of King James Bible, before we move to verse 17 next week, it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Thank you for your word this morning. Lord God, you're helping us. You're warning us. You're showing us the way forward, Lord God. You're showing us to look out for the evil desires that is within us, Lord God, how they can surface so quickly based on an outside stimulation that will stimulate these frustrations because they appeal to our human nature and not the spirit of God that is in us. But we are made aware this morning lord god that there is a clash going on inside of all of us none of us are exempt where the spirit is clashing against the flesh lord god and we ask you to help us lord god to tame that human nature help us to conform it to the things of god that we not act in the flesh lord god and go too far and sin against against you or against someone lord god in anger and frustration and anxiety Thank you for the warning this morning. Thank you that we are aware how quickly this thing can happen. We thank you that you have made us aware of what pride can do. You warned us about the arrogance and the self-love, Lord God, and how quickly that can become the outcome. But we thank and praise you that we have your word to sanctify, to consecrate us, to renew us in our thinking, God, and renew us in our actions, God, and renew us in our walk and in our life. We've been sanctified by thy word. We're being sanctified by thy word because thy word is truth. And we're praying this morning that anyone that heard this message is being sanctified by thy word right now, Lord. And let it go out now and sanctify, consecrate, Lord God, destroy yokes off of people, Lord God, because your word is anointed. So we give you praise going on for it this morning. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray, Lord, that we're in this world but not of this world. Help us, Holy Ghost, to pass this test right now to be in this world and love not the things of this world because they are not of the Father. This is our prayer this morning. Our Lord, seal this word for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. That concludes the teaching this morning. We're now open for comment.